perception is reality. And you are who we say you are. But not actually. Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Wyslicker. Follow me on all social media at Wyslicker. Be true to thine self. Embrace your addiction. And as we say as always on this show, earn your chip. This is Monday, April 4th. And as we do every week in the offseason, this is the trade talk episode. Dynasty Traders this episode is essential to you because, again, we go through, we scour the internet for trades. And by scour the internet, I mean look for like two minutes and find some stupid-ass trades that have been made and say which ones I would take and which ones I wouldn't. But before we get into this going over those trades, man, I want to talk about some things within the trading community, things that... I believe are essential to people that try to execute trades. The first thing we want to talk about today is trade calculators. Now, what are trade calculators? Trade calculators are websites or apps that assign a numerical value to each player in the NFL or each fantasy eligible player. And with that value, they determine whether or not a trade is deemed fair or not. Now, because trade calculators can be one of two things, they can be crowdsourced, which means the website or the app asks the users their opinions on said players. They can ask those opinions on said players by giving them start sick questions, having them rank those players, give them a couple of players, two to three to four, sometimes three, under the guise of keep, trade, cut, or under the guise of ranking these guys one through three. No matter that, they take that information and they assign a numerical value to each player based on the consensus of the crowdsourcing. Other trade calculators can be made and the value would be assigned by the people who create said calculator. But no matter the trade calculator, it is all based on the opinion of someone. The value of said player is based on the opinion of someone, whether it be one, the few, or the many. So, in the case of a trade calculator, perception is reality that's what they say right but what if I told you that perception is not reality because there is something that we have to think about when we think about value and that is 
known production. So perception of a player. So the consensus perception, how people perceive this player to be. Plus projections where we think that player is going to go. Because of course in Dynasty we're looking at not the current point. We're looking for the point in the future where they're going to be. So perception, projection, and known production, PPP. Perception, projections, production equals value. I personally think all trade calculators are shit. They're trash. Pure garbage. But you have some fantasy owners that they love trade calculators. Some of them use them just to verify their own thinking of a specific trade. And others use it as Bible. It is gospel. It is the word for them. Because if the trade calculator does not showcase that it is a fair trade or in their favor, they will not make the trade. So we as fantasy owners, if you're like me and you think trade calculators are shit, how do you beat trade calculators? How do we beat trade calculators? Well, I just told you. Perception. Plus projections plus production equals value. The way we beat trade calculators is first we have to know how people perceive said player. And the reason why we need to know how they perceive said player more than anything else is because perception is reality to them. To everybody, perception is reality. But in fantasy football, perception is not reality because the reality is the production that those guys put on the field. That's the reality of the situation. Example. Let's take you guys back to last offseason. Last offseason, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver, C.D. Lamb had an incredible rookie season. And of course, when you have an incredible rookie season coming off of, you know, this is, that was a COVID year. Incredible rookie season, COVID year. He didn't have any training camps. Didn't have much going on. He put up 74 receptions for 935 yards and five touchdowns. Of course, people were looking at that. This guy's a 21-year-old wide receiver coming out here doing work. Finishing as the wide receiver 22 in PPR leagues. The perception is this guy, well, the projection 
and the perception is that this guy can only get better. Right? Which is true. After you have a rookie season like that, it's only up from here because you're going to learn more. You're going to be more involved in the offense. You're going to have that training camp. So the perception of C.D. Lamb was off the charts. And because of that perception, when it came down to dynasty trades, people were looking to move C.D. Lamb and acquire minimum two first-round picks. And because the perception of the 2023 draft at that particular time is and it still is, is that the 2023 draft class is going to be stacked. It's going to be great. Try to acquire those picks now. This was the perception and the projections of last offseason. So people are looking, they're going to trade C.D. Lamb, but they're trading him for two first-round picks, one of them being a 2023 first-round pick, the other being, you know, the 2021 or the 2022 most people were looking to try to get those 2021 picks because they were trying to bring in people like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith, which is understandable. Kyle Pitts, understandable. You want that. But the reality of the situation was, with Amari Cooper still being on that team at that time, C.D. Lamb did not have a clear path to wide receiver one. Now, most people are saying, well, this offseason, they're thinking ahead. They're thinking way ahead, which is great. You're thinking way ahead. But going into that season, he did have improvement. He caught 79 balls for 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. He moved up three spaces to the wide receiver 19. Still a wide receiver two. Right? So at the time, I'm telling people, so at the time, I'm telling you, his production doesn't match the perception. People are perceiving that he's going to move into that wide receiver one range they are still perceiving that he's going to move into that wide receiver one range but this time they do have valid reasons there is no more Amari Cooper Cedric Wilson's no longer on the team it is just him Michael Gallup Dalton Schultz but the thing is Dalton Schultz emergence came out of nowhere and then Michael Gallup, being the guy that he is, coming off of a torn ACL, is he going to be great? And is everything now going to fall on the shoulders of C.D. Lamb? Can C.D. Lamb handle double coverage all the time? People are not really projecting that anymore because of what they saw from him as him being the number one this season. He had 120 targets. Caught 79 of those passes. We talked about him on our Reflections episodes. 
And because of what we see for him, again, we utilize the perception of him because people are perceiving that he is going to be a wide receiver one. We utilize that perception to try to take advantage of trades. If we have C.D. Lamb, we are using his perceived value as him being a, he's going to be a wide receiver one. That's what we're going to tell whoever the fuck we're trying to trade him to. He's going to be a wide receiver one. That's what we're going to tell them in order to try to finagle it so that we can continue to have value within our trades. How else do we beat trade calculators? We beat trade calculators by trading, utilizing, down-tearing. What is down-tearing? Down-tearing is, well, Keep C.D. Lamb as an example. If C.D. Lamb is considered a wide receiver one, we want to move down to a lower wide receiver one or a wide receiver two while also acquiring another valuable asset. Now, for instance, who's a wide receiver two? T. Higgins is a wide receiver two. So if I was going to trade C.D. Lamb away, I would want to acquire T. Higgins, but also acquire something of notable value. Say a 2023 first round pick. Some people may take that and they may say, hey, that's that's good. That's a good trade right there. I'm getting C.D. Lamb and the only thing I'm doing is giving up T. Higgins and, you know. A first round pick. I take that every time. But you, as a person who went from CeeDee Lamb to T. Higgins, yes, you use perception, because perception says CeeDee Lamb is way better than T. Higgins, when in all actuality, they're only four spots away from each other. And in points per week, they were only one point differential from each other so you're getting that value you're still keeping value at the wide receiver position but you're also getting that 2023 first round pick that you can utilize in other trades if you wanted to utilize it in other trades or you could just use the pick for whatever you're going to use it for but that's what we mean when we say down tier the position to get other assets this could be the same for if you wanted to add a running back to the mix, another wide receiver, or a tight end, or a quarterback. I utilize that particular uh, strategy in trading because that is the best way to maintain at your position. So whenever you're trading, you're down-tearing. So you're still getting back that position. So you're not really losing that position, but you're gaining another asset in the process. I love to do down tiering in super flex leagues by down tiering my quarterback because down tiering the quarterback, it doesn't drop you that much further than what you would be at. So for instance, Russell Wilson He's considered a low-end 
quarterback one, he typically always finishes around wide receive, excuse me, quarterback seven to ten. We like that. But if we were going to go down, we tear down to maybe uh, who finished pretty decent there. Uh, a Derek Carr finished roughly around quarterback 13 to 15. So you're down tearing a little bit, but that's only a two to three point difference per week. And then you're getting another position out of it. That's how I like to do those in the super flex leagues, trade away a quarterback down tier, the quarterback as perception wise. So when people perceive that a quarterback is shit and garbage, I like to go get those guys. Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, those types of guys are the guys that I like to go get when I'm down tearing out of the quarterback position. You get a lot of value that way. So, we take advantage of trade calculators by trading based on the person's perception, how people perceive the player, and we try to take advantage of it by also looking at actual production because even though people are perceiving that this player is better than what they actually are, we know for a fact that they are not. And sometimes you just have to know when to walk away from a trade when perceived value is way too high. We don't or take advantage of a trade when perceived value is way too high. For instance, Javante Williams. Javante Williams being 21 years old, I believe he is, 21 years old, running back, who had a pretty good season, pretty good rookie season. He is being valued and perceived right now that Melvin Gordon is not going to be in that backfield and he's going to have the backfield all to himself and he's going to be a workhorse and he's going to be a top 10 running back. Some people are even looking at him and projecting him as a top five running back. And they're asking, in dynasty circles, people are asking and even saying that they won't even look at a trade unless it's minimum three first-rounders, if all you're trading away is picks. How asinine is that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this so that everybody here knows how I feel about this situation. There is not a player in fantasy football not a player in fantasy football that is worth three first-round picks. Not one player. Not Patrick Mahomes. Not Josh Allen. Not Christian McCaffrey. Not Jonathan Taylor. Not Derrick Henry. There is not one player in all of fantasy football that is worth three first-rounders. Go argue with your mama. I ain't for this shit. <laughs> Just like you can sit here and say that if anybody offers me three first round picks for any player, they're gone. They can have them. They're off my team. I don't give a fuck who it is. They're off my team. For those people who say, well, if it's three later round picks, then it's it's definitely not worth it. Like, I'm not trying to hear that. I don't care how late the picks are. 
three first round picks is more value than any player in fantasy football. Because things change so quickly. That if you have those amount of picks, you can always go get you a player that was of equal value to the player that you gave away. Jonathan Taylor's running back one. So Jonathan Taylor averaged 22 fantasy points per game this year. Derrick Henry, before getting injured, was averaging 25. How can Jonathan Taylor be worth three first-round picks when there was a player that was better than him? Week in and week out. Yes, Derrick Henry got injured. Yes, Jonathan Taylor played the whole season. But injuries can happen to anybody. Let's talk about a player that didn't have injuries, that played damn near the entire season. He actually played 16 games. Austin Eckler, 21.5 fantasy points per week. He was right there. If he would have played 17 games, him and Jonathan Taylor would have been neck and neck in total fantasy points finished. They would have both been around 370. That's where Jonathan Taylor finished. 373 fantasy points for Jonathan Taylor. Three forty nine for Austin Eckler in one less game, but he was averaging twenty one and a half fantasy points, so he would have been at what? Damn near one set, three seventy, right there. You see what I mean? Not giving up three first round picks. When there's not a clear-cut advantage at the position. Not a clear-cut advantage at the position. There's not a clear-cut advantage at any position. Yes, there are tiers. You've got guys that fall into tier one, tier two, tier three. Of course. But I'm not giving up three high-end assets... To acquire one player. That's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's beyond stupid. You don't do that. There's no player in fantasy football. That is worth three first round picks. Not one. And for those people who say, well, if they're late picks, I'm definitely giving them up. No, you shouldn't. I don't care how late they are. Because in the first round of one QB draft last season, Rashad Bateman 
I'm Ross St. Brown. Elijah Moore, Pat Fryermuth, all of those guys. You know, um, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, all of those guys were late first rounders. They were roughly around that late first round, early second round. So think about that stuff before you just start giving away assets just for one player. You don't need to do that. Especially if you're not in a situation where you're only one player away from from having a juggernaut of a roster. Which most of the time, nobody is one player away from having a juggernaut of a roster. And if you're giving up multiple assets to get one player, you're definitely not going to have a juggernaut of a roster. Now let's get into these trades, man. The trades. Again, we scoured the internet. And by scoured, I mean just, you know, look for two, three minutes to find some trades that maybe we could check out. So in a one QB PPR league, would you rather have the 101 or Austin Eckler? Now, perception, again, is everything. Projections as well. Most people are projecting that Brees Hall is going to be the 101, no matter the format. So would you rather have Brees Hall or Austin Eckler? Of course, this is Dynasty. You want the younger guy. And you want the guy who's going to be in a good situation. With us not knowing the situation that Brees Hall is going to be in as of right now, are we okay taking that shot? The reason why we're okay taking that shot is because if he goes to a good situation, if you don't want to keep him, if he goes to a good situation, you can keep him. Of course, you're keeping Breeze Hall. If he doesn't go to a good situation, you can still sell him to somebody who believes that he is going to rise to the top, similar to what Jonathan Taylor did. Jonathan Taylor didn't go to the best situation Clyde Edwards Lair went into the better situation. People were drafting Clyde Edwards Lair over Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor was the more talented of the backs. It took him a couple weeks. Actually, it only took him one week to get the starting position after Marlon Mack got hurt. So, again, you want the young gun that people believe is going to be great because, again, we in the trade, we with our trades, we want to take advantage. Of that perception. Take advantage of the perception. Alright. We don't know the specifics of this. But we got Nick Chubb. Being traded away to acquire. Leonard Fournette. Juju Smith-Schuster. A 2023 first. And a 2023 second. This is easy for me. We're taking a package. We're taking the, mo the, the, the more assets. We're going to take the tradable assets. 
People are like, why, man? Nick Chubb is at the top of the tops, man. He's one of the best running backs. Leonard Fournette had a pretty good season last season. Ronald Jones is out. Leonard Fournette is still in. Tom Brady's still there. He's going to have a good season this year. We're not worried about too much down the road as far as running backs are concerned. With running backs, yes, we want guys who are younger, um, but we also want productive guys, and we look at them year to year. Typically, we look at any player within a three-year window, three years. No Leonard Fournette is probably not going to last three years, but this year he's still going to be good for us. Juju Smith-Schuster in a brand-new situation where he may be the number one wide receiver. Not the number one receiving threat on the team, but number one receiver. Then you got that 2023 first and that 2023 second. You're getting tradable assets. Those picks are always tradable assets. You want that. This is a good, good trade. Whoever gave up Nick Chubb to get these these assets, that's a good trade. I'll take the package every time. Chris Godwin was traded away to acquire Jared Judy and the 110. This is a one QB league, um, which in one QB leagues, you don't really see too many quarterbacks being taken in the first rounds of rookie drafts because everybody has, depending on how many players are in the league, everybody has a, a pretty good quarterback, pretty decent backup. Those guys are taken later because at that point they're just dart throws. So in this particular situation, the 110 in a one quarterback league would probably be similar to a player that's early second, mid second rounder, maybe like the the 203, 204, something like that, and Jared Judy. Chris Godwin, when healthy, could easily be a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. Even with Mike Evans still being on the team, he's just that good. He He commands targets. He commands... You know, touchdowns, he commands red zone targets. The guy's just that good. But our perception, again, with Russell Wilson coming over, him being younger, people are going to perceive that Jarrett Judy is better. It's going to be better than what he's been so far. And that 110 is, again, is a tradable asset. It's a first-round pick. In this situation, again, we're always looking for that value to try to move pieces around the board. We're going to take Jared Judy because of the perception and because of that 110. We're going to take him in this situation. Unless, again, if we're in a situation where we're almost at one player away and we believe that Chris Godwin is going to come up off that ACL injury and he's going to be good, we're going to keep him. We're going to keep him. But 
if we're looking to continue to move assets around the board, we'll take Jerry Judy, wait for a couple games for him to pop, we'll move on from him, and we still have that tradable asset of that 110 if we don't use it. So if we don't actually pick at the 110, we still can wait until we're in the draft and move that 110 if a decent player is on the board that somebody may want. Take advantage of those types of things. Up next, we got Derrick Henry and two 2023 fourth-round picks. Traded away to acquire Michael Carter, Calvin Ridley, and Melvin Gordon. Ooh. If I got Derrick Henry, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping what I have at this particular point. If I got Derrick Henry, I'm going to keep what I have. Um, hopefully we're in a championship window where I can, I can keep what I have. But I'm not going after a guy that's been suspended for one full year for gambling. And I'm not going after a guy who we don't even know if he's going to be back on the team in Melvin Gordon. And Michael Carter, yes, he showed us a little bit when he was on the field. But they re-signed Tevin Coleman. Who knows why they did that? Like, I don't get it. Like, if you believed that Michael Carter was going to be the guy, you could have just could have let Tevin Coleman just go. Like, who cares? But I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not a huge Michael Carter fan, but I, I think he's a good back. But as of right now, man, I'm still going to roll with Derrick Henry. Just because, it, again, if I'm in that championship window, I'm going to keep that. Uh, typically, again, we like to down tier but and, and grab some, some valuable assets while we're down tiering. But I don't feel like we're grabbing valuable assets if we're grabbing Calvin Ridley and Melvin Gordon. You know, if we were if we were talking some some players that we felt like we're gonna actually play and, and, and get better along the way, then that'll be a different story. But right now, man, Derrick Henry staying on the squad. Christian McCaffrey, Justin Fields, the one twelve in the 2022 draft, and a 2023 second were traded away to acquire Deshaun Watson, Davis Mills, Jacoby Myers, and a 2022-11. Yeah, I'm going to go to McCaffrey's side here. Um... I know a lot of people love Deshaun Watson. Perception of Deshaun Watson, he's the top five quarterback in this league, which is great. The guy hasn't played in a year. Will he be out of rhythm? What will he look like? We don't know. You know, yeah, with the Watson side, you're getting two quarterbacks out of the deal. You know, this is 12-team super flex, but, I mean, if Justin Fields becomes better, if Christian McCaffrey returns to form, the 112 in the super flex 
we could be looking at one of those good wide receivers at that particular point in time. Uh, you know. And then you have a 2023 20, second where, again, perception of that draft class is that it's stacked and you can move those picks as well. I think you can do really good here. Jacoby Myers, he took a little bit of a hit with Devontae Parker getting traded to the team. Of course, Davis Mills is going to be the starter for this upcoming season, but who knows what the Texans are going to do after that. So the only real like viable asset on that particular side is going to be Deshaun Watson. You know, that's 2022-211 is basically a third-round pick. I don't care. Me, personally, I don't give a damn about third or fourth round picks in no rookie draft. Third and fourth round picks, to me, are just throwaways. They're dart throws. Unless you're in a one-quarterback league, I could possibly get a quarterback out of it, but I'm not going to get a quarterback that I'm that's going to be my starter because I already got guys now. I already have those guys in place. So third and fourth round picks, to me, mean nothing. They mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. I'll trade those fuckers in a heartbeat. Like, you can have them. You can have them. I don't care. Nothing about them. I'd rather take a player that I, that I know could reach good levels than to keep a fucking third or fourth round pick. You can have those shits. Up next, we got Devonta Smith, Allen Robinson, and the 209. Being traded away to acquire Devontae Adams. Hmm. Is Devontae Adams going to be the number one wide receiver, one of the top five wide receivers in the league in fantasy football again? Who knows? If I was trading away, Devontae Adams, I probably wouldn't take this package. If I would, I'm going to, I'm Devontae Adams. I want Devontae Adams here. You can have Devontae Smith. You can have Allen Robinson. You can have the 209. I'll take Devontae Adams here. Because I believe that I can take Devontae Adams and get a better package deal than what was offered here. Again, we are trying to take the perception and the projections of players and utilize them to our advantage. Here, I'm taking Devontae Adams. I believe Devontae Adams still puts me at a, a premium over the position than these two guys. I don't need two guys that are decent enough. I need one guy that's going to give me week in and week out elite production. I like that. Yes, when I'm tearing down, I'm trying to tear down and get multiple assets. But here, I, we're not really getting multiple assets here. When I'm tearing down, I'm looking to get another weapon or another asset at a different position. A running back, a tight end, a quarterback. Then I'm looking to get better draft picks. With the 209, again, that's basically a damn near third round pick. I don't want that shit. I don't need that shit. There's nothing I can do with that. 
because can't I, I can't turn around and, and do anything with the 209. Like, I can't take that 209 and just trade it away and get a valuable player that a known commodity. Like, I can't go get, you know, nobody's going to give me, you know, a, a T. Higgins-like player. Nobody's going to give me that for the 209. Nobody's going to give me an Amra St. Brown-type player. For the 209. They're just not going to do it. Even though those are the type of players that you could possibly get at the 209. But you're not going to get. Nobody's going to give you that established guy. You're taking that shot at the 209. You know. Nobody's going to give you that player. Now the last trade we want to discuss. Was Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison, two 2023 third round picks, Mike Davis, and a 2022 fourth round pick for those would have been traded away for a 2023 first round pick, the 107, Juju Smith Schuster, Curtis Samuel, and Henry Ruggs. Now, the person who had Dalvin Cook rejected this trade. This is not a trade that I made. This was something that I found online, but I read through the comments. He rejected this trade. He said, no, I'm going to keep Dalvin Cook. I'm going to stay packed with Dalvin Cook. Why, my man? Why? Because you didn't get a running back back? You could literally, and the reason why we talked trade calculator before, because the trade calculator told him that the value of his trade the value of Dalvin Cook was better than two first round picks, Juju Smith Schuster, Curtis Samuel. And, of course, Henry Ruggs, who doesn't have any value. He, they valued him as a four. But Dalvin Cook himself, at 26 in six months, <laughs> at 26 years old, about to be 27, he was valued with a numerical value of 6425 the 2023 first was valued at 3000 The 2022 uh, 107 was valued at 2600 And then Juju Smith-Schuster was valued at 1000 And Curtis Samuel was valued at 200 excuse me, points. While Alexander Madison was valued at 600 points. 665 points to be exact. All of that garbage that was along with Dalvin Cook. The person that wanted Dalvin Cook was going to give up two first-round picks, Juju Smith-Schuster and Curtis Samuel. Now, I granted Curtis Samuel has not been great. He's been injured. Juju Smith-Schuster 
Same thing. He's been injured. One oh seven in the super flex league. We're probably looking at one of those good wide receivers. The twenty twenty three first round pick, depending on where it is and how loaded they're saying that the 2023 class is going to be, that's where you can get your running back back. You can get your running back in that draft class. Or you could take said player, said 107, while you're in the draft, look at a wide receiver needy squad and trade that away for another running back. But you take these assets, man. Two first Juju Smith-Schuster. Curtis Samuel. Juju, 25 years old, going to a new... Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback now. Think about that, man. Come on. We already know that he thrives in situations where he's not the number one guy. And he's not going to be the number one guy in this offense. We saw him ball out with Antonio Brown. We saw him put up respectable wide receiver two numbers with Deontay Johnson being the main guy. We know that he's not the main guy. We don't need him to be the main guy. But that's a wide receiver two right there. So you're getting a wide receiver two, two first-round picks, and and a possible in Curtis Samuel. If Curtis Samuel comes back and does what he did in 2020, he then is wide receiver three. That's returning value for you, man. Take the value, man. Take the picks. Don't be greedy. People are greedy. People are greedy. I already told you, nobody in nobody in fantasy is worth three first-rounders to me. So this here is a good trade, and you don't need to be greedy about it. Take the trade. I'd have took the package. Show us yet, I would have took the package. Man. You can have Dalvin Cook. Just give me the package. You can have him. He's 26 years old. It's a dynasty. He hasn't played a full season ever. Like I don't. I don't mm, yes, when he's on the field, he's tremendous. He's great. When he's on the field. When he's on the field. <laughs> like When he's on the field. You know? It is what it is, man. Sometimes you got to not be greedy. Take the assets and try to string together multiple good trades. As long as you're continuing to string together multiple good trades... You're going to be all right, man. This has been Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. This ain't for quitters, man. Don't be out here quitting on on me. You understand? You go out here, you keep being true to thine self, embracing your addiction. And as always, baby, earn your chip. I'll be back with you guys on Thursday with a brand new episode. Uh, We'll be talking quarterbacks. See you on the next one. I'm out.